Okay, so when I was about 11, 12 years old, um, I used to ride my bike every summer, every day, every summer. That was my favorite thing to do, was to ride my bike. A lot of times I would ride by myself. Sometimes I would have a friend with me and I would ride anywhere, not, not always having a particular destination, but just riding. So this one particular Sunday, I had a friend of mine who lived around the corner from me back when I was living on Seven Mile. Um, and we rode over to this park. It was a small park in the middle of this residential area off of Outer Drive um, in Livernois, for those that are familiar with Detroit mm -hmm. neighborhoods. And me and this friend were playing, you know, on a little play thing, just taking a break from my riding. And you know how sometimes you just get this feeling, like this energy, like somebody's watching you. Yeah. And I had this feeling like I was being watched. And I look over and it's this car that's just sitting there at the curb. And it wasn't too much. It wasn't any traffic there. It wasn't really too many people, if anyone, outside. And this car was just sitting there and I just got bad vibes about this car. And I didn't stare at it too much because I didn't want them to see me noticing them. Right. Even at that age, I just kind of knew to not draw too much attention of me being aware mm -hmm. of them. And because I started to get unnerved, um, I told my friend, well, let's start heading back. You know, I need to get to the house for something. And I never told her, alerted her to what was happening because I didn't know how she would react. Right. So... I knew to stay on Main Street, you know, auto drive me in a Main Street. And I noticed when we started to ride off, this car was not too far behind. Mm -hmm. Can't miss it because it's yellow. Right. And it's right. an older car. So I'm like, I'm really like creeped out. And this is stuff that you think you would only see on TV mm -hmm. happening. And I was a, I don't know, I guess a peculiar kid. I watch, I love watching Unsolved Mysteries and shit like that. Right. <laughs> At right. 11, 10 years old. So I knew of these type of things that happen, you mm -hmm. know, to people and to children. So we're riding back down out of drive, then cut back down Santa Barbara, which was the street she stayed on. And then I went on home to Seven Mile. And I recall, I never looked back too many times, but I know when I got to, the corner of seven mile that car was right there to turn on to seven mile i didn't leave that house i went in the house and i never told a soul never told my mom or dad or anybody because i was afraid of losing my freedom to ride my bike where i wanted to ride it but mm -hmm. i knew deep down in my soul that i could have potentially been abducted that day right right welcome to another episode of our two cents Damn. I am Mona Lisa and I am joined here with Dergo BJ. <laughs> Let's get into this intro and then we're going to get into that show. That is traumatizing to um, experience one being followed, one being a woman, and then two, not knowing the outcome. And you, I mean, it's Santa Barbara is not very far mm -mm. from where you were ultimately going, but that's still enough time for something that was still at least a five minute yeah distance. for something to happen and wow like yeah 
But I think I understand that a lot too, because there were so many instances, even as a man, that I had that I I definitely needed to talk to somebody about. But like losing your freedom, mm-hmm. um, losing the opportunities to still be young and experience things was more valuable to me than to communicate the potential traumas of having to look over your shoulder everywhere you go from that point on. Yeah. So um I definitely know what that feels like. But um today's conversation is pretty heavy. Before we get into the depths of that deepness. Yeah. Because <laughs> we gonna trudge through some things. Why don't you get us into one of our new segments that we right, do right. um we're introducing this uh segment which is called Comfort zones are for suckers. And um, typically when you have a comfort zone, it becomes more than just the place that you dwell for comfort. It becomes your excuse. It's your reason for not being responsible. Um, Sometimes it's the reason why you stay in a position longer than what is actually um, sensible to do. And um, one of the things that I've experienced this week is the um, the old saying, I'll do this one day, mm-hmm. one day, one day, one day, um, one day has become thousands of days mm-hmm. where um, I've said that um, even above podcast and I've said I want to, you know, do music again. I'll do it one day, you know, and um for those moments that I keep saying it, I realized that I've been counting days for years. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to get rid of the comfort zone of making the excuse that there's a reason why that one day hasn't happened. It's really because I'm not focused. I'm not focused on doing everything possible to get me back into that space. And my creative space is probably the most peaceful the most joyous place for me to exist in. But I keep telling myself that there are other things that I'm working on that are keeping me from my own happiness, my own elevation in my craft. So the thing about the comfort zone is for suckers. Like you're really not working that hard if you keep making that excuse that one day you'll get there. You need to focus every day to get there. Whatever it takes for you to do what it is you want to do in your life if you want to be a singer dancer you want to lose weight don't say i'm going to the gym one day say i'm going today say that i'm going to do it right now i'm going to do something physical to improve my circumstance because one day will be a month then that a month will be two months then that month will be six months and before you know it you won't do it so i'm really focusing on doing what it is i really want to do so my comfort zone breaker would be to stop saying one day and saying mm-hmm. two day, you know, and that could be anything for anybody, you know, um, owning something that happened to you. Um, say today, these things are not going to happen anymore. Stop protecting those issues and those things that, you know, are volatile to you or that are hurting you and saying that one day you're going to speak up or mm-hmm. one day. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to cuss this motherfucker out mm-hmm. or whatever. Say today it stops here, mm-hmm. you know, because we're prolonging our pains and our suffering for shit that we really don't personally want in our lives. I could dig that. 
because yeah. I know I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. I know what I want to do um, here is to try and set short-term goals to really push myself to step outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Because I didn't realize, I feel like the older I get, the more I feel like I experience anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, or the closer I get to doing something that will put me in a vulnerable space, yeah, I stop cold because I'm like, what are, what are people going to think? But I've come to understand that everything that I create, I have to be confident in it. Right, And right. everything I create isn't always for everyone else. It's my creative space to tell my story. So I can't worry about how it's going to be received mm-hmm. because nothing is ever 100% received by people. Right, right. So for me, comfort zone for suckers, I am just trying to um, challenge myself and push myself and... Um, one of the things that I am trying to do is start a video diary. Okay. So I don't like being in front of the camera. I don't like my physical. I don't mind saying that. I'm not ashamed of it because I'm working on trying to change that. Mm -hmm. And I just have to accept my reality. So while I am trying to revamp and change all of these different aspects of my life, then I want to, you know, um, in essence, document it. Right, right. And push myself to get used to being in front of the camera okay. in some spaces. So I am going to work on starting a video diary sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And that is my goal and trying to keep myself accountable. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that'll definitely push you past, mm-hmm. um, you know, your uncomfortable states, which most of the time we find comfort in being in that that sucky place like mm-hmm. you know we just kind of like waddling our sorrows and i'm over that you know i really feel like we have all the all the potential in the world to do each and everything that we set out to do but it just really requires us to focus on the most important things not prioritize the minimal things with the priorities like actually doing what it takes to make those things that we really want happen. And I mean, of course, I enjoy podcasting and having conversations with various people from, you know, different walks of life. But theoretically, the only reason I did this was to get my hands on audio to practice on vocals for music. Mm-hmm. So um it's kind of like a gift and a curse in a sense because one, it's like the people depend on you now mm-hmm. to you know, put your content out and we want to hear what you think about this. And you get kind of enthralled into doing, you know, more spoken word pieces mm-hmm. such as this versus actually sitting and recording somebody else's singing or rapping, putting a beat together, things that you ultimately love to do. So I'm not going to like subside this because this is definitely going to help me and transition into other things. But I've completely put the music down mm-hmm. and I had a a really, I want to say it was almost jealous moment because I was on Instagram in the room the other night. I was just laying around chilling, scrolling the timeline. And it's a guy that I went to high school with who is really gifted Mm -hmm. at rapping. And he was rapping when we were in school. And he's still like, he's like 10 times better than he was in school. Mm -hmm. And a guy that's producing 
his music was a guy that I couldn't stand. Mm. And I'm watching the video and this nigga snapping off on this song. And I'm like, damn, he killing this song. And then, of course, they posted the credits and it was a nigga I really don't care for. Now, I know back then I was better than him back then. But, of course, he stuck with it. And like they always say, you know, talent really doesn't mean nothing when the effort outworks the talent. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, he stuck with it and he did what he had to do. And now he's in the position. And the guy that's rapping was asking me for beats back then. And I didn't really put up enough effort then to get him the music. So now it's just like that was that moment of reality where I start reflecting on how long it's been. Since I've done it, how far behind I am from doing it. Mm -hmm. And it just made me feel like, damn, what have I been doing all of this time? And I'm still behind the curve because I can't even use the old equipment I had. I got to get all new things and learn the whole process. You felt discouraged. I felt really discouraged. And it was just like, damn, well, are you going to be like a sucker and like be mad at this nigga who did what he had to do, Mm -hmm. even though you don't care for him and it's justified? But the nigga still put his work in. You got to salute him too. So it was one of those moments of just like owning your shit and saying, look, it's time to get to it. So, you know, that's that's where I initially, you know, kind of like left the situation. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to focus on him. I'm going to focus on me and, you know, compete with me, like be better than that dude. That was gifted back then and get all of what I lost back. So, like, that's where I'm starting at. It's just, you know, doing what I got to do to get to where I want to be at. But that's not what we actually are talking about today for today's conversation. We are talking about the pimp hand. So, this came to me when I was watching a movie. Now, I don't know, for those who are familiar with Amazon Prime, you know, it's a lot of low-budget movies <laughs> on there. Exactly. And it's quite a few of them that still has, like, this storyline of the pimp right, and right. the prostitute. Right. You know? And it's like, okay... It made me think because now all you really hear is sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And you don't hear so much about pimps. Right. So maybe I'm just, you know, removed because that's not my lifestyle. Right, but right. I was just wondering, like, is it one and the same? Or is, like, sex trafficking birth from pimping or did it transition, you know, and are these movies just made out of the glorification of the pimp and the pimp hand mm-hmm. that was glorified during, you know, like Iceberg Slim, Donald Goings days, you know, 70s black exploitation films. Right, right. So it's just like, what is this fascination with the idea of being a pimp? And with them using the same storyline, like, does the pimp still exist? Well... Being one from Detroit, because we have a relatively strong pimp background, growing up, I was so miseducated on what that actually was. Because, like, the pimp was 
like figurative. It wasn't like an actual human being. It was just like if you had a multitude of women doing the things that you wanted them to do, mm-hmm. then ultimately you were like the pimp. But it wasn't like looking at him like he was manipulative. He was an abuser. Mm-hmm. He was a con artist. He, you know, he mind fucked you quite often. Um, there wasn't like there wasn't any negatives to it. And I think that that's probably why the game has possibly changed because everything that we kind of correlate with the pimp is also the very same things that women are complaining about with men in general. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you expect a woman to do certain things, but you're not making the certain provisions. You're not protecting them. You're not treating them like they're worth anything. Ultimately, you know, um, from just, you know, the older examples that I know of, of pimp movies like the Mac, you know, when when they say that the, the girl couldn't lock eyes with another man because it was almost like she choosing. Yeah. Like you see today, like a chick could just be looking at a nigga, you know, maybe admiring the, the shirt he wearing mm-hmm. and the nigga is uncomfortable. Like all of these things are just pretty much synonymous with manhood in general. It's almost like how, you know, women have been saying men are like misogynistic mm-hmm. and they just sick of the shit. And then they begin to find out that they were more powerful on their own mm-hmm. by cutting out the pimp as a whole and doing these things on their own. You know, um, you have the madam yep. who was the woman who kind of sat directly up under the pimp because at some point she may have been the bottom the bottom bitch figuratively she learned the game and then she realized well what do i need you for you know so i think the transition is simply because men have been failing period like you just have not been taking the necessary responsibilities of even the underworld life that you're living on top of the honorable life you're supposed to be living so it's just kind of the future is feminine like you know what i'm saying the, the where did the glorification of this even come from like when did it start i don't Were know people just fascinated by like i just i don't know i just always wonder like when did when did the glorification start because, see, I started doing some research. Like, I, I did my Googles <laughs> to try and find out, like, no, for real. I want to know, like, when did pimping start? Because right. I'm curious. And, like, basically, and I was surprised it said it went back to, like, the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Like, they said it is, like, the oldest profession. profession. Right. And I'm just like, that's crazy, but, you know. I think what what it ultimately boiled down to is um and i don't know if religion has anything to do with this or not but um the way that it was always depicted to me was that um women of course look to men to lead and make the necessary you know protections and provisions Mm -hmm. and they would like forfeit the money to let the man typically handle the money and then he becomes egotistical in the process of them building what is supposed to be the understanding between the man and woman. Mm -hmm. It's not ultimately looked at or even started as 
I'm going to be your pimp and you're going to be my, you know, prostitute or whatever you choose to label her as. Mm-hmm. It's more or less still figuratively a relationship. Mm-hmm. And because you don't want the the commitments to making sure that she's cared for correctly, making sure that she's protected, you know, screening the people that, you know, she's doing the sex work with all of these different things that she's looking to you for. She's beginning to resent, you know, being in the position that she's in dealing with you. And I mean, I don't know how you I've always been confused with the idea of you doing all of the work, you putting yourself in all of the danger and then you just give your pay Mm -hmm. completely over like how um I did see in um, also doing my Googles that it became like trafficking when um, a lot of the pimps would um, prostitute young minors because um, there was there was times where the minors were like fresh, attractive. Um, They didn't have the the wear and tear of age. They they looked or. We just got some nasty fucks around the country yeah, and the world, that too. and yeah. they prefer dirty shit, you know. Right, right. And they have it goes beyond just simple fetishes. We talk, we not even talking about just like some BDSM or right, right fetish fetishes. We talking about they have a legitimate attraction to right. young yeah, girls minors. or. They like the other shit, you know, being shit on or pissed yeah. on and, you know, that crazy stuff. So, you know, I just think about, you know, think of like the movie Taken and just that I think was more about sex trafficking. Ain't that what that movie was yeah, about? Taken when he was looking for his daughter. Daughter, yeah. Um, so I was just wondering, like, how did the two, what's the difference between the two? And ultimately, it, from what I was looking at, they said it, it is no difference. Mm. Sex trafficking is just more palatable to people who don't like the term pimping. Pimpin'. But when you think about it, it is ultimately prostitution, whether voluntary mm-hmm. or involuntary. Sex right. trafficking, to me, though, I think it's just more so you trafficking girls against their will. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, even though there are girls who are put into that game, you know... Um, I don't know. It's just it's so many layers to it. I'm just I have more questions. I have more questions than than answers. Yeah, at I the do end so. of the day, but it's just crazy that this is like a million dollar business, and they were saying what was it? I was looking and they were saying that Atlanta is like the largest underground mm-hmm. um, sex economy, yeah. <laughs> and they're making as much as two hundred and ninety million that's as far back as like what 2007 and you mm-hmm. can only imagine what it is today of course they ain't really got like tax papers and receipts to really yeah. go through so yeah. i don't know the means by which they got this data but you know it's just yeah it's it has been enterprise um pretty much for um for decades from what i understand the um the economy kind of comes from the women doing more than one you know job when it comes to sex working they i mean they typically do the stripping they do the escorting like those type of things but it's the the actual intercourse Mm -hmm. that 
is what becomes costly because of the fact that the pimp is no longer needed that's what makes so many of the provisions to get what you want from the woman so expensive they want to make sure that the way that they set up their protection is accommodated Mm -hmm. so naturally if they want like a certain type of hotel they want a certain type of atmosphere to be in Mm -hmm. um it's only a certain type of car they want to be picked up in they might want you know you to send a car service like these type of things are being acquired because the man was not there to make the provision and the protection Mm. you know available to them so they've they've kind of you know inflated a lot of the cost which you can technically understand because this is why so many of our women are as demanding as they may be now because the men are not making sure that the provisions are available so they feel like you're more you're more of use as a patron versus being a protector so i mean i get it and you know of course like also with the young lady that does the atl orgy that brings in a lot of people too what's that there's a young lady online i can't think of her name at the moment but she is from Atlanta and she's responsible for the ATL orgy, which is like they rent. Self-explanatory? Yeah, it's, oh. that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. What she does is she rents out this big, huge mansion and people pay ticketed prices to come and be a part of the orgy. Now, the only thing about it from what I did read on it is the... The prices for the tickets mm-hmm. does not guarantee that you gonna fuck. Oh damn! So like you're just coming to be in the atmosphere, and maybe you just might so get you lucky. Can watch you can watch. Maybe you can interact and might strike with somebody, but ultimately it oh, guarantees you, it just gets you in the building. It gets you in the building. That's, whatever happens right. is up to you at that point. That's just well, the okay. admission fee. Got you. So um, she does this party and it's slap. Like people show up. Um, it's some freaky people out here and she's on the videos too she like look I'm trying to fuck three people at the same time <laughs> and um, a lot of the men are like different type of men mm-hmm. and the women are taken to a lot of the things that these men are on like um, there was one guy who was saying that um, men believe themselves to be alpha male because they're masculine or they have a certain machismo or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But the only point that you can become an alpha male is if you're comfortable sharing your woman. Only alpha men can, you know, share a woman without having a reserve or an issue. I don't know if I 100% agree with that. But ultimately, if you want to get your counterpart i don't know if that got anything to do with being an alpha male yeah me not. neither i you know that's just more of yeah that's just more or less more sexually liberated. liberated yeah right like to where you don't take ownership right of the woman and um even in the video it was like him the girl that started the orgy and then another guy they're in a relationship together um you know she you know she can go off in the room with one come back take a shower go in the room with the other one and they all cool but those are the men ultimately that are you know 
I guess, <coughs> gaining the interest or the respect of those women who are more more likely to be in that sexual realm where they're actually escorting and doing certain sexual works on, on their own because they feel like this is a safe space for me to be who I am mm-hmm. and not be judged I mean, or taken honestly, advantage of. I mean, I'm not of. mad at it. People grown will work for you, work for you. Yeah. I can't say I'm going to do no, nothing like that, but, you know... Who yeah. am I to judge? Yeah. You know, do do a work for you, but yeah, it's a lot of interesting components to, um, like the sexual traffic world yeah. because a lot of the things that we use as slang is actually a derivative, yeah, of that that round i was looking at some of these terms yeah like, wow. and we use them as slang <laughs> and we think don't even know where stuff right, we originated right, from right and now why do you think the pimp gets more respect than the actual sex worker because in some instances it's like it basically boils down to control um if I'm man, talking about more so the perception. Yeah, that how, too. How society? Because it's still it's still respect, primarily. I mean, not saying they so much, but like you see how the idea of pimping is glorified, having a pimp. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you got this. Remember with some of these uh, different skits and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. the player's boy. Right. And, you know, and then you got Hustle and Flow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got um, Bishop Don Juan. I don't know. Was he ever really a pimp? Or was he just think, like the persona of a pimp? I don't know. I, I don't have too much of a backstory on him. But what I believe the, the glorification comes from is if a man can successfully control a woman in that regard then ultimately he's living up to the name but because he can't control it of course he's going to slander it he's going to make it seem as if it's degrading or less than because he's he's not in charge of it if he can't get anything from this particular business if he can't get any leverage he can't feel like the man you know he don't have, you know, the best holes on the on the stroll or whatever it is that, you know, makes him feel like that guy. Yeah. Then ultimately he degrades it. I just feel like it's pretty messed up that sex workers, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, put into that world that they are just immediately perceived, you know, less than. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know why. To, it's almost like everybody loves porn, but don't nobody respect the porn star. Everybody yeah. loves sex. And even those who seek out prostitutes don't respect the prostitute, but you going to her for yeah. sex. You know, I don't. The funny thing is, like, um, when I think back to, like, my younger days of trying to be figuratively the man, it's almost like when you look at self, you begin to see that the man was actually the prostitute and the woman was the one in control because you gave so much of yourself. You were given things that you really ultimately did not even have Mm -hmm. to, you know 
be in good graces or even the bedroom with these particular people. Um, and some women took control by just knowing, okay, I know by how you look at me, how you, you know, how you are and how you behave around me. I know what you want. So I'm just going to come on and ask you, mm-hmm. oh, so you want to fuck me, huh? And they put you in that position to where either you're going to bitch up and you're going to stutter and, you know, kind of like be passive with your answer. Mm-hmm. Or are you going to man up and say, and if you man enough to just man up and say, yeah, mm-hmm. then she going to hit you in your pocket. She going to say, well, look, this is what it's going to take to make that happen. And as a man, it's almost like she bitching you like she's like she fucking you over because now your ego comes before your rational decision making you don't want to walk away from this and she be like oh he a soft little bitch i ain't uh whatever mm-hmm. so you gonna say <laughs> okay well what am i gonna do now mm-hmm. let me go ahead and just fuck off all of this let me fuck off the rent even though I know this is the rent, but I just cannot look like less than in front of this woman. So the table turned for a lot of men. And hey, when you think about like Tupac, when he say you get your gain from a woman. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, how was the man in charge in the first place? It just make like it, it really doesn't make that much sense. In theory, it's just that like people are looking for something. Um, a woman is looking for certain things mm-hmm. from a man, and when she realizes he can't put up, she say "fuck you" and get it how she live. And that's probably why we see less pimps nowadays. Which we may see them. Well, they just in I different think, forms. Yeah, it's. I think they still exist pretty heavy. It's just not as glorified. Or maybe the term. The term really has just changed. Um, I think now, and I don't know, but this is just my opinion. Um, I think there are a lot of sex workers that do it voluntarily. But now we have more so people being snatched up Mm -hmm. and sold off. Because it's happening all around the world. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? And it just blew my mind because, like I said, doing my Googles. Right. And then I come across this article where it's listing all these different countries. I couldn't find it. I was trying to pull it up. But they're telling me there's, it was listing all these different countries where prostitution is legal. I think it had, like, Bangladesh, Greece, and some other places. Mm-hmm. But then the crazy thing is prostitution is legal from the age of 14 up. But the age of consent Consent. is 18. 18. What the fuck? How does that work? But I think, I mean, of course, I think those those laws that are in place is what has so many men getting caught up in the the trafficking, the abuse, the different stages of um, the different stages of punishment that comes from. You know this particular game. Mm-hmm. I think this is why it's, the, it's this way because they're starting to realize how desperate these men are to manipulate mm-hmm. and how desperate these men are to abuse these women. And now you're not even noticing that in some cases, which I mean we saw this with R. Kelly. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you, 
you you are around this so much. You seeing all of the different things that this man is doing, mm-hmm. and now you helping them because yeah. it becomes normalized to see. Okay, well, this ain't the first one. This ain't gonna be the last, and this nigga's paying me. So, this but that's why they not, because they want to keep getting paid. paid. That's ultimately right. why nobody's stopping it. They don't want their money to mm-hmm. be interrupted. Which is really fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. Very much so. But, you know, with the story that I shared in the beginning, that was just, you know, kind of... From that, I don't know what could have happened to me from there. Yeah. I could easily have been in this situation from that. Right. I don't know. I could have been, you know, sexually abused and killed. Or I could have been thrown into this. You know what I'm saying? Or even just thinking about, what's the girl? Shatoya Brown's? Brown. Or what's her name? I the girl, the girl who Brown. was put into this particular you know environment and then ultimately killed the guy and she had to fight for her freedom you know what i'm saying like this is it really bothers me when now we're are fucking up the lives of children Mm -hmm. now i was looking doing my googles (laughs) (laughs) and i come across this one story and it's a 10 year old who said her mother no, she said her mother, she had been, excuse me, because I don't think she was 10 at the time. She was telling the story. She was saying she has been a prostitute since the age of 10. She was put in that world by her mother, who was already a prostitute to one pimp. And she had a separate, separate pimp of her own. And as scared as she was, her mother walked her through the ropes of the game. Wow. Can you imagine? No. But, but I mean, then, you know, life. at the same time, it's very, I just don't like, but at the same time, I don't know, this may be all her mother ever knew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it really bothers me when people look down on sex workers because you really don't know the all story. of their stories. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And all of them may not know, a lot of them may not know the different opportunities that they have outside of this life mm-hmm. and then also if they think i don't have any skills to do shit else but this right so how can i transition and the world is not forgiving mm-hmm. it's not like you can just say well done being a prostitute today i think i am going to go apply for a receptionist job but you ain't yeah. got no skills right. you know what i'm saying so it's just like the world does not help you to change or switch up and even though i know some organizations try to you know have programs mm-hmm. if people don't know they're there or how to get to them it's just kind of it's kind of messed up because the reason i think it's going to get um well it actually has gotten worse is because um all of those women still have to um function off of survival tactic because the um way that the game has been set up mm-hmm. there's no retirement plan from it that's conducive to a person's you know standard of living you have to um you definitely have to be honest you know about what you formerly done because you want to make sure that you're you know you're safe and um transitioning into a relationship that you don't have any diseases mm-hmm. like you have to be forthcoming with like what you've done but as a man is still is a teachable moment where you have to realize that you still can't judge even though you're asking these questions because of the fact that you don't know the background history of where she comes from and what she's been through. Yeah. Um, but it basically boils down to um, 
in my opinion, if I can assess it from the experiences that I've seen mm-hmm. of pimps, is that like men are ultimately trying to use force mm-hmm. to um, continue the process versus actually being, you know, considerate of the needs of each individual woman to um, to do what's necessary to make sure these women are safe, mm-hmm. make sure that they're in sound mind when they're doing these things. It's always some type of manipulation. Um, you know, if you come stay with me, baby, I'll take care of you. You won't need anything. It's like, so that's why they give you all the money because you are supposed to be making all of the provisions. Yeah. So it's like you're not living up to the the standard of which kind of convince them to come in the game like they're yeah. looking for some sense of you know a savior or or a father figure or whatever it is they're looking for something and you're not living up to it and that's how um i think a lot of the trafficking a lot of the um the volatile aspects that has been like uprooting from what was kind of like natural at one time now you're like seeing women dead and you know, now mm. the the women done had enough and now they killing the yeah. pimp because he's abusive or um, they're too controlling in aspects. Like um, one of the things that kind of killed the game was drugs because um, ultimately the tricks were abusers of drugs. But because the women were kind of restricted from using because I guess or men because we keep saying women but you know both genders well yeah I I, I guess from just researching this is how the story yeah, is being it told is. so they were saying like how the women couldn't use because the men were assisting upon them being in sound mind and that if in fact they were under like under a some type of substance or you know mm-hmm. whatever that they could possibly you know, lose their sound mind and run off or, you know, decide to like become a relation in a relationship with the trick or whatever the case was. So they were trying to prevent them from doing anything. So some of them couldn't drink. You couldn't party like with everybody and be in that festive, you know, atmosphere and enjoy yourself. You had to just do your job, you know? So, um, I think a lot of that, you know, that control is what kind of messed the game up, you know, and it, it may be a bunch of women still out here doing it, but of course we'll never well, know. Well, on the underground level, we ain't gonna never know. Yeah. I mean, for real. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I've, you know, I still frequent down Woodward. You don't oh, they see, still out there. But I, mean, I don't see them. Like I well, see. Well, I don't the, think the, it's gonna be as out there as because now we in a digital era, so a lot of them be online now. Oh yeah. So, and I was reading somewhere too that some of them prefer the digital versus walking the, the stroll. Yeah, that can be a little more dangerous. Well, either way, it's dangerous, but for yeah. some reason, it feels safer. Safer <laughs> online, I guess. Better screening. I don't know, but. 
um, probably less likely to get caught. Who knows? But digital. Now you have yeah. various sites that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much about what is this law where sex workers, they shut down certain pages and things. I know Craigslist doesn't have that personal section anymore. Personal sections where a lot of them was solicited in for sex. You can't wow. go on there. Back page is shut down. It's a lot <laughs> of these dish- different personal personnel sites and a lot of the workers were saying that that interferes with them getting their money so it was a problem but i think that they were doing is trying to be precautious so it's always levels and a catch-22 uh-huh. because those that are doing it voluntarily is like i need my money yeah <laughs> but then they trying to help those that are being trafficked you know what i'm saying right. and make it less easy for them to be right. snatched up but i don't know i had a a crazy experience when I was um over the road. I um I forget what state I was in. I was in like country. It was like Kentucky or some, you know, random ass place. And of course when you go into the um the trucker stations, mm-hmm. some areas that you go in, if you go into like a trucker gas station, they have the um, area where you pay for your showers mm-hmm. and then also they have like the food court area and it'll be like burger king taco bell your typical trash mm-hmm. but you're paying for like three meals mm. for one combo so like the whopper meal will be like 25 or whatever what? dollars are you kidding me yeah because at this time they feel like you're a truck driver so you have it so all so the of prices are inflated inflated like crazy so when you go into the trucker station to get your food, you dread that you got to spend this $25 on the Whopper you can get in the hood for seven bucks, the yeah. whole combo. But because you haven't eaten in 14 hours or whatever, you pay the $25. So I'm standing in the line. It's like four people in front of me and it's a young lady and she's like really pretty. She's not like thrown away run down she had on like a nice dress her Mm -hmm. heels were like fairly new they weren't like bumpy or like at the toe or nothing (laughs) it's really nice and she was just standing in line and we just sparked a conversation and she was in front of me Mm -hmm. initially but when it got close to me getting to the register she said oh no babe i haven't decided what i wanted you go ahead so i ordered my food Mm-hmm. And at the trucker Burger King, you can pay for your food with a hundred dollar bill because, mm-hmm. of course, it's a trucker gas station, mm-hmm. you know. So I pay for my food, and I think like because I was so like cheap about paying this twenty five dollars, <laughs> I don't even think I got the whole meal. So because somehow, some way, I ended up with eighty four dollars and change back. Okay. And she looked at me and she said, "What can we do for this eighty four dollars?" What? Now, she's small talking with me the whole 15, 20 minutes I'm in the line. So, I'm like, we can't do shit for this $84 because this is going this is food for the week. She turned around, walked off like I didn't exist and moved on to the nigga behind me <laughs> and had a conversation. And just so happened, the guy behind me, you know, mm. long beard, you know, mm. sloppy Look like he ain't bathed in a couple of days. He he bit the bullet. He went and got her the food. They have a um in the shower area. There's like the single shower, 
that you can pay with your truck comp. You get like a little card, and every time you fill up gas, you get points, mm-hmm. and the points go towards your showers. So I use my little truck card. I get a single shower. But like if you have your wife mm-hmm. on the road with you, you can pay for the dual shower, which is like the two or three heads. It's a bigger space, and then you and your mate can go in and mm-hmm. bathe together. Now, he took her in the dual shower. And so by the time they go in, they eat full court, they go smash. She's in the shower. So she gets to wash the sex off and then go right back and do whatever she does. Now, this is technically where we sleep, too. Mm. We sleep inside of the truck. So all day on the CB, it's like, who want to have some fun tonight? I'm at truck number this, 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 and this. She's telling you that she's in the truck with a man already. Oh, wow. So she's soliciting on the mic. On their CB. She like, I'm in truck. Such and such and such and such. I'm by the signage, by the diesel pumps. Who want to have some fun? Somebody jump on the CB. Well, I'm in truck. This, 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 and this. Walk over. I'll be here. They go do the same thing. Pay for to do a shower. She go smash. She washes off and she's right back out. Mm. Okay, I'm in truck number such and such. Who want to have fun tonight? She got a system. She got a system. (laughs) And you hear her on the CB all night. Now, we leave the CB on because your dispatcher might just chime in and Mm -hmm. say your next load or whatever. Because it's two people in the truck with me, the trainer, and then it's me. So, at some point, your dispatcher might say, okay, we got something for you. Who up? Who pick up? Whatever. And she done made a killing. All day long. Mm-hmm. And she never left. She's she's clean. She's not just jumping from hotel to hotel or nothing. She clean. She showering every experience. And mm. she's probably making $100,000 a year. Probably more than that. You know? Damn. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I didn't really... I didn't really learn about, like, prostitution until I became a truck driver. Because, like, the, the circumstances... Like if you go, if you go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. Atlanta is popping for that. Is it popping? Like I remember the truck, the truck um gas station is right across the street from the Blue Flame, the strip club. Oh okay. So I remember you know being young, I'm like, well, we ain't got nothing to do. If it's anything like Detroit, the food got to be good in the strip club, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna go in here and see what's up with this food. See if they got some food in there. Wasn't really. I don't remember it being no food, but it's like girls everywhere, mm-hmm. like everywhere. They sitting at the tables, having conversations. It is so many girls. It's almost like they paid to get in with me. That's how many girls it was that were like actual dancers, and they just spread all over the club. And the young lady comes and she say, you know. What you trying to do? You cute. You done got your hair cut. You done shaved. Not realizing I done paid $30 for mm-hmm. the lineup when I was paying 10 mm-hmm. in the city. Dang. You know what I'm saying? And she like, you know, you done got cleaned up. And I wasn't going to do nothing, of course. But I just wanted to know, like, how much you charge for this? And it was like $220 a smash. <laughs> <laughs> And my trainer at the time, he was with it. 
So he like, look, mm. how long you going to kick it in here? Because he getting it. Like, he getting paid to train me. Mm. So he was getting it already. So he like, look, I'm with it. And she's strapped. You going to stay here until? And I'm like, just don't do it on my bunk. Mm-hmm. Roll the window down, let it air out or whatever. <laughs> Go in there and you, you know, you freshen up the truck. But like that whole prostitution ring is crazy. Do you think strippers get more respect than uh, sex workers? I think so. I think so. I've been watching. I got, um, I don't have cable. You know, I got the Roku sling. Yeah. And one of the things that I watch is UMC. The app, um, download Urban Movie uh-huh. Classics or whatever it's called. And they have two different... Well, the one that I just started watching is Beyond the Pole. Uh-huh. And it's about, I guess, different strippers in Atlanta, maybe. Yeah, in Atlanta. And kind of like a reality show for these strippers. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. But then there's others that i am um, been wanting to look at. I think another one is called The Naked Hustle. That's on UMC. That's a more reality. Well, okay. reality, reality. And um, there was another one on YouTube, a more independent YouTube. <laughs> where they was. But I've, I've always been curious. You know what I'm saying? It's like people don't give strippers respect yeah. either. But it's just like y'all always in that motherfucker. And yeah. y'all, you know, so I don't know why you can't. Yeah. It's, I think now that so many of us have started to embrace our sexuality because simply because you get paid for it and you mm-hmm. do a lot of it, it doesn't change the fact that so many of us are doing it with one person the same way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that because so many of us have embraced being, you know, sexually liberated mm-hmm. and sometimes overt, you know, um, I don't think it's as drastic as it used to be. And then you have, um, so many different dimensions of sexual work that has become profitable. Like you can actually go and take a pole dancing class and mm-hmm. you don't realize how how much that actually revitalizes your body. Mm-hmm. So that's now, exercise. That's exercise. So now it becomes an art form mm-hmm. versus just, you know, a sexual experience. Right. So um I think I think women have been very innovative, you know, in regards to, you know, turning those tragedies into, you know, triumphs in some senses. Like, you can't knock a woman who uses her body to get what she wants because now, I don't know it's a story. If I don't know if it's the situation for most, but it seems like a lot of the women, whether it be strippers or sex workers, a lot of them had troubled lives. And that was just a way that they turned to to get money. Now, it's not always the case. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, the show that I was looking at, Beyond the Pole, it is one girl. And the one mis- misconception is that they are a victim to this or they don't do it because they like it. Some of them do try to transition out. Now, what makes it interesting is this, um, I can't remember all their names, but the one who used to do it, but she said, I gotta get out of it. So now, she's found success outside of doing that, and now it's like she's trying to go back and save other girls from having to do that. Mm-hmm. But then one is like, you ain't gotta save me from shit. I do it because I enjoy it. Right. And she's like, don't get it twisted, boo. I have two degrees. You know what I'm saying? So some of them do it 
because they need the money. And some of them do it because they don't want to walk away from that type of money. And some of them do it for the sheer enjoyment. But whatever reason, it's kind of like, why do we label? Because like somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when you have parties or bachelor, bachelorette parties, you not looking down on them then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <clears throat> but I can recall at 16, someone trying to recruit me to to strip. Now, I don't know what else he had in mind. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you remember when we used to have like the high school night parties at the River Rock? Yes. So. Jesus. <laughs> so he used to go down there um, often enough. And I remember being in there and this guy kept saying something to me. You know, it's music you can't hear. So I'm looking at him like, what? And he says it again. And I'm like, what? And then finally, I hear him say, if I get you in, would you do it? I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. If I get you in, would you do it? You got to break it down to me, boo, because I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) And he's like, if I get you in, would you strip? And I'm like, no. Wow. Like, just get away from me. And I remember just walking away from him. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Damn. I'm 16 years old. And first of all, I was like, who the fuck are you? You don't even look like you belong in here. Right, right. I remember the River Rock being like, you know, the most like ratchet mm-hmm. thought bot. Like it was, it was heaven for me <laughs> at a young age. But I just realized like all of the stuff that was going on in there. I'm like, mm-hmm. we really wasn't supposed to be hanging in there. Nah. But I mean, some memories, you know, definitely some definitely. memories. But. A lot of it's definitely an experience. Yeah, that's for sure. and I can almost bet that a lot of prostitution and stripping and a lot of things probably came out of that spot. Man, like when I tell you, because I was like, this is so random. Like, why are you asking me this? And I was really baffled. I'm like, is this really how they recruit people? Yeah, yeah. Nightclubs, social settings. Um, at sixteen, mm-hmm, they find out something that's traumatic for you and they use it against you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, we do that shit right now, you know? <laughs> shit. Oh, you over there fucked up in that apartment, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. And before you know it, that nigga right. getting all your food stamps off your bridge uh, car, driving your car, and you ain't got shit from it. Mm-hmm. That's prostitution, too. Stop shit. It. it was $300 on that bridge car, and that nigga <laughs> left 95 cents on that bitch. Eating good as a motherfucker That's while your crazy. kids in there starving. So all in all, what's our takeaway from this conversation? Um, How do we protect our girls and women? And what do we overall have to say in ending about sex trafficking and pimping? Um, I think that we have to reestablish um, like moral compass and standard for men mm-hmm. because everything that we do should not be to um, to take advantage of women like everything that we um use to establish our manhood should not be something that we take from or you know manipulate a woman to give us like we need to you know instill in boys that you too you know can afford to keep your legs closed and you too um should understand why it is so important as a young man to um, protect women, make sure that they're safe, walking on the outside, like those old fashioned standards. I think we need to um 
kind of break those things down and mm-hmm. establish why they're important versus just insisting upon men to do it because they think that they're supposed to get something from that mm-hmm. when it's not really meant for the woman. It's actually meant for you. It's an establishment of a reputable reputation that we call gentlemen, you know? So I think that could be a start is um, raising our boys and, and our men on different standards so that they can cultivate the next generation to be a little bit more responsible. I want us to get to a point where we respect boundaries. Yeah. Like if you're given an inch, that don't mean you go two, three, four, six miles. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to take advantage of a person just because you feel like you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like trying to control a person, um, sex workers, strippers, whatever terms, you know, different profession, process, I mean, porn stars, all of them, people who are in the industry of sex. Mm-hmm. I think they deserve a little more respect than oh, what they absolutely. get. Oh, absolutely. A lot more respect, actually. We watching they work for free. I mean, you know. <laughs> you know, saving it on our phones and shit. And, so, you know, they are... They are our fantasies and sometimes our scapegoats for, you know, lack of relationship. They Society is very, very judgmental. But what's crazy is that those people judging already got their fucked up Mm -hmm. fantasies or, you know, probably got something that they don't want the world to know. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. But it's, yeah. So, kind of respect the sex. Yeah, definitely respect the sex workers. Um, Protect them, too, you know. Um, Don't just respect the pimp. Yeah. (laughs) Because he ain't doing the work. Yeah, definitely not. He just supposed to be, what, the supervisor, the manager? He ain't doing the work. Sometimes he a hoe, too. Right. (laughs) Well, that was a pretty interesting conversation. Let us know what you think about today's topic. Um, You can hit us up. On Twitter at our two cents pod. You can also hit us up on Instagram with the same handle. Follow me at DareGoBJ on all social media. Um, my Instagram page is called The Subject Change, and Mona can be found at Mona Lisa. That's M O H N A L Y S S A A. That is Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and then also Red Lips and Combat Boots. That's coming soon. All right. So um, definitely follow those pages. Also, if you are listening to us on either Spotify, you can listen to us also on Anchor, iTunes. Um, we will continually Apple be Podcast. on uh, SoundCloud, but we're mainly on um, Apple Podcasts as well. So um, we're on a couple of platforms. There are a couple of uh, podcast apps like CastBox, Breaker, and a few others that you can find us on. Feel free to follow us on any and all of those platforms. Definitely leave us a review and um, a rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can be um, searched and found a lot quicker and easier on the Apple Podcast platform. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Our Two Cents Pod. We'll see you guys again in two weeks. Peace.